refugees. Before I get into the to the message, I, I want to share with you. I've been sharing it with every class and um, every opportunity that I discovered in, in one of my old journals. September the 7th, 2015, when the Lord gave me this word. I want to pray, I don't even remember it, that I gave it out at the time. But this is the word that the Lord gave me and I wrote down. Globally, be aware. But God is concerned with the world. Daughters of Zion is a global ministry to prepare the church for the end times. Prayer strategy for these end times. Yes to your Lord. I would be what you call me to be. And I was supposed to put supporting scriptures down. That was for my notes. Pray, cry out yes to the Lord. Global change and blessings, confession and repentance. These are the things that we need to be mindful of in prayer. Truth in our inward parts. Greater foundation in the word. Refresh and renew in Christ. Faith and trust in God. This was in 2015. Which, if we had been doing what God admonished us to do, things would not be as bad. Amen. Because he, he prepares us for what the enemy wants to snare us with. But the church has been sleeping. not the world it's the church and we have to awaken so I'm gonna do something a little different from my opening prayer this morning and I'm gonna read it as a prayer petition out of Ephesians 1 I cease not to give thanks for you all, making mention of you in my prayers, and for any extended family member, friends, or even merchants that you do business with, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto us all the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of our understanding be enlightened that we may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of his glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. I also pray that God now will give us new hearts of flesh to remove all of the hard hearts in order for us to receive what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us this day. And Lord, I thank you for showing, revealing to me the things you want me to know. So when I speak, Master, it will be only those things that you would have me to say. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Now, um, what I'm going to do, because this is part three of what must I do to be saved? So um, I just want to review some points from the previous two messages so that we can further our discussion. Because today I'd like to discuss with you about the things that keep us from receiving and believing in the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. Now, in, um, let's see, let me go back. In part one, we talked about um, John, we talked about the scriptures in John 3, 1 through 21 about Nicodemus, the Pharisee, who went in the night to inquire about Jesus Christ. And so uh, he heard more than what he had anticipated. And that's when it, he was told about what real salvation is all about. And then in, in um, part two of this, let me find, okay, we um, talked about how you become saved and what you need to say or do, which came out of the out of Romans 9 verses 1 through 9 and Romans 10 verses 1 through 13. And also I shared with you that there are certain requirements. You, you, I'm going to leave it up to you all because we're, whatever you think you need to do as far as the children's church today. Okay. The requirements of salvation is first there's a confession. And uh, book, the book of Acts 2.21 supports that. There's a repentance. Now, repentance means there's a turning away from our sins, turning from something to Christ. Amen. And that's Mark 1, verse 15. There's a faith that is involved. That faith is to believe what you don't see. But you believe his word. Amen. And that comes out of John 3.14 through 18. And then there's a regeneration, which happens when you get saved. You turn from one nature into a new nature, so you have a new generation. This is why you hear me always say, the blood of Jesus is thicker than the blood of your relatives. Amen. And you take on new relatives. Amen. And that's found in John 3, verses 3 through 8. And then the Holy Scriptures are necessary because what you're believing is what the Word says. Amen. And, and once you receive Jesus, you need to stay in the Word. 2 Timothy 3.15 supports that. Now, um, the, uh, the source of salvation is in God's grace. Because without his grace, we would not be saved. Which is Ephesians 2 verses 5 through 8. His love for us to make that ultimate sacrifice is Romans 5, verse 8. And his mercy, where he has pity on our ignorance. He has pity on the darkness that we, that we stay in. He has pity on us. Aren't you glad that he has pity on us? Because even when we thought we knew what was going on, we had it going on. I know I thought I had it going on and didn't realize I was operating in a spirit of darkness. And God had pity on me and graced me with the opportunity to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And it changed my life forever. Amen. Amen. So mercy is found in Titus 3 verse 5. And salvation is in and through Christ alone. That's found in Acts 4 verse 12. And is done by the cross. That's the gospel message. The cross the cross and the blood is the gospel message. 
that's from my moving around. Uh, in Romans chapter 10, verses 1 to 13, it talks about you're confessing with your mouth what you believe in your heart. So just the verbal confession does not make you saved. You have to be confessing what you believed and you received from the scriptures in your heart. And it's, that's the confession of faith. So now today we're going to talk about some of the things that prevent us from receiving and believing. And um, um, this is going to come out of um, Mark eventually, Mark 4, that talks about the different sores that sows the seed. Okay? Now, what we have to remember is that the Jews are God's chosen people. And like I said to everybody on Wednesday in both of the classes, you are either a Jew or a Gentile. And now that you accepted Jesus as your Lord, you are a Jew. Okay. There's only two groups of people. The Jews and the Gentiles. So forget about different races. Because God is not into genealogy and all of that. He says there's neither Jew nor Greek. Amen. So you can go back to your heritage and all you want. But you, what you better need to know is whether you are a Jew or a Gentile today. Are you saved or did you miss the mark? Okay. Okay. I, I know y'all having a hard time with this. But nevertheless. Because the Jewish people who are God's chosen. See, when we accept the gospel message of the cross and the blood, you become a heritage. You inherit a gift that you didn't earn, nor do we deserve. Okay? But, but the, the chosen, they didn't receive it so because they ex was expecting Jesus as the Messiah to show up differently than what he did. They were expecting him to show up like a warrior. But instead he came as a lamb to be sacrificed. In the place of us sinners. If he hadn't done that, woe would be unto us. But he came as a lamb to be sacrificed in our place. And he had, if he had fought this battle with flesh and destroyed the enemy we would never been redeemed. Aren't you glad he don't come the way we think he should come, but he comes the way he knows that's going to work for our benefits. Amen. Amen. Instead, he came in love and humility, redeemed us from the accuser, and that, do you know who the accuser of the brethren is? That's Satan. Okay. You see, what we need to understand, man is controlled by one or two forces. You're either controlled by the force or the spirit of darkness, which is Satan, or you're controlled by the power of Jesus Christ. You don't run nothing. As much as you think that you're in control, you're doing something. Either the power of darkness is controlling you or the power of light is controlling your life. Amen. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, Jesus left divini divinity. He left divinity, put on a human suit with a sinless, pure nature and shed his blood 
his undefiled blood, which was pure, that knew no sin, had no diseases, no hatred, no unforgiveness or bitterness. And he took our place to be condemned, judged, sentenced, pierced in his sides where he shed blood, thorns crowned on his head where he shed blood, and, his, and pierced in his hands and his feet where he shed blood. When you plead in the blood and you say, I plead the blood over the crown of my head to the bottom of my feet, you're, you're covering everything that Jesus did on the cross by his blood, which set us free, that redeemed us from hell. Amen. And he did this all for us sinners to be cleansed. He didn't have to do that. He did it for us to be cleansed from all unrighteousness and found not guilty, but to take on the freedom, the power, and the authority of Jesus Christ in order to stand against principalities, powers, rulers, and spiritual wickedness in high places. So you need to be controlled by God and not by Satan. The question is, how have we been doing so far? How have we shone the light around those who are in darkness so far? How have we accepted our flaws and acknowledged them, confessed them, and then quit doing them? Not so well. Because we fit into the pattern of the sowers who sow seeds in Mark 4. Now, I'm going to read Mark 4, 1 through 20 eventually, but I admonish you to read that whole chapter of Mark 4. It's really, going to, it's really going to help you. See, it isn't enough for a believer to sit and hear the word as it is being taught and preached, but one must read for themselves and ask God to reveal the hidden mysteries. Those are his hidden truths of, so that we will understand as a covenant son, that's generic, that means that you are a child of God. If you do not understand uh, the parable that I'm, I'm about to read out of Mark 4, then you're gonna have a problem understanding the whole Bible, okay? And what we're going to discover that there are four types of receivers or four types of soil. Your heart is the soil. There are four types of soil, okay? And how you receive is based on the condition of your heart. Unfortunately, some of our hearts has been afflicted by past and present sins, education, genetic influences, world systems and world views, wounds due to rejection, sexual abuse. And now I'm not talking about just where you've been raped or misused by somebody, but why you, how you misuse sex in your own life by choice, okay? There are many forms of sexual abuse. You don't even have to have a penetration for sexual abuse to happen. You can have sexual insin insinuations where you try to insinuate stuff or you try to turn people on that don't belong to you. 
a lack of love where you did not receive love, lies, false pride. Pride is such a stronghold that it blinds you. And the list goes on and on and on and on and on. See, when you are dwelling in unconfessed sin, it hardens your heart and then your heart becomes a root of bitterness where nothing gets in and nothing comes out. The stuff that needs to come out is the stuff that caused the bitterness. The stuff that needs to get in is the word of God. And to support that, let's go to Hebrews chapter 12 to support that. And just in case you think that's my opinion. I'm going to read the supporting scripture, but then I'm going to read, go back and read some beginning scriptures. Uh, Hebrews 12, 14 and 15. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Amen. Now, going to verse 7, which gives you understanding, because it's, it's talking about how to endure being chastened. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. Remember, God convicts us because he loves us. Satan condemns you because he hates you. For what the son is, is, is he whom the father chastens not. But if you be without chastisement, whereof all partakers, then are you bastards and not sons. See, I used that word last week, and, and I, I think people were shocked. It's in the Bible. That means you are an illegitimate child. You were born here without a natural father. Okay? He says, furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us and we gave them reverence shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits and live for they verily for a few days chasten us after their own pleasure but he for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness in other words natural fathers chastise us because it gives you pleasure to put your children in order but God chastises us because it gives him pleasure to see that we profit from the correction. Now we chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous nevertheless afterward yielded the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised or trained thereby. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it be rather be healed. Amen. So you do not want to let bitterness take a root in your heart. And when you don't forgive, that's exactly what happens. You take your unforgiveness to the Father by faith Amen. and say, I choose to forgive. You don't feel it, but I choose to forgive. And when you do that, his spirit will work it in you because you are wanting to do what's right, even though your flesh is too weak to do it. Amen. Amen. Okay, now let's go over to Mark 4 and let's read about our hearts. Mark 4, beginning with verse 1. 
And he began again to teach by the seaside. And there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea. And the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. Now this is Jesus sitting in the boat by the seaside speaking to people. It's like they're, they're uh, captured and all they can do is hear, okay? And he taught them many things by parables and said unto them in his doctrine. Now, what we need to understand that the whole reason why Jesus is teaching by parables, because parables are for covenant people. People who don't know Jesus cannot understand what God is, what Jesus was speaking. Are y'all with me? Okay. So it's important that you're saved because you can't profit from this book if you are not saved and been regenerated by his spirit, transformed by the word, delivered by the blood. Okay. So this is the parable that Jesus begins to speak on. Verse three, hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. Who's a sower? God. The seed that he is sowing is the word. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That's Jesus being sold in your heart when you accept his word, study his word, and read his word. Amen. He says, it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground. As I'm reading this, think about your heart. And some fell on stony ground where it had not, had not much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no death of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30, some 60, and some 100. And he said unto them, he that have ears to hear, let him hear. And I pray that you have ears to hear because I'm not about trying to have no charisma, preaching to make you get goosebumps and feel good. We're here to learn. I'm, I teach the word. We're here to learn so that we can come out of darkness and be translated into the marvelous light of Jesus Christ so that our hearts are transformed from what the world has cultivated and come into a new view called kingdom view. Amen. Amen. And he said unto them, he that have ears, let him hear. And when he was alone, they that were about him with the 12, that means all the other people, the 12 were his follower disciples, asked of him the parable. And he said unto them, unto you it is given to know the mystery. That means the secret hidden truths. Amen. Of the kingdom of God. See, Satan don't know the mysteries of God's word. An unbeliever don't know the mysteries of God's word. Only those who have been born of his spirit know the mysteries of his word. And that unlocking those mysteries sets you free from the spirit of darkness and it empowers you to overcome the temptations of this world, the temptations of darkness. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay. He says, but unto them that are without or outside of me, not in me, 
All these things are done in parables. That's, that's why Satan don't know what you think. He only knows by your outward actions what you do and what you've been subjected to. Okay? Only the Lord knows. And, 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 and so when you have an under, clear understanding about what his word is saying and you practice it, even though Satan may attack you, he cannot conquer you. Amen. He cannot overpower you. Because as long as you know the word, when he attacks you, because we can't stay up on the mountain all the time, you're going to go down to the valley. But when you go and you go with the word, you, he cannot overtake you. The valley can't keep you. You can rise above it. But the only time is when we allow our flesh to make us feel so sorry for ourselves that we cannot see the spiritual realm to come up out of our mess. Or to come up out of the attacks that come against us. Sometimes they're coming against you because of what you're doing in the kingdom. Amen. And he doesn't want you to be successful in bringing other people out of darkness into the marvelous light of Jesus Christ. And when you begin to start doing kingdom work, Satan will attack you. But you need to know, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. He says, verse 12, or maybe I better do 11 again. And he said unto them, unto you it is given to know the truth of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parable. That seeing they may see and, pre and not perceive. Because you're going to only see with your natural eyes, but you can't see with the eye, eye of your heart. Hearing they may hear and not understand because you're hearing, but you're not really listening. And so it's not deposited into your heart and your soul. Lest any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. Once you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you hear more than the letters of this word that I'm speaking. Amen. It's speaking to your heart and your soul is being moved by what you hear. Amen. Don't let the enemy harden your heart with stupid stuff to keep you from missing what God wants you to know that's going to give you freedom. Stop looking for a microwave freedom that you just come up, I lay hands on you, and now you're free. Because you can't hold on to it. If your character isn't right, you can't hold on to that freedom and that deliverance and that healing in the first place. And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable, and how then will you know all parables? How would you be able to understand? He says, now we're getting ready to break these sores down so you can find out what kind of heart you have. The sower soweth the word, and these are they by the wayside. This is the first one. When the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. Amen. Amen. Okay. This is the kind of sore that does not make an impression. The word did not make an impression in your heart before it got snatched away. Because, see, you are being deceived or you're arrogantly thinking that doesn't apply to me or I don't know what they're talking about and I'm not interested 
So before you can even let it get into your heart, the enemy comes and snatches it away. Okay? And then it cannot take root. And if it doesn't take root because you didn't hear or you didn't want to hear, then you don't produce anything. And then Satan comes to destroy you. But when you let it take root, he can't destroy what's in your heart that's been rooted and grounded in your heart. Amen. Okay, 16. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground. Remember your heart has been hardened? But remember all the things I said that would harden your heart? Okay. Who, when they had heard the word, immediately received it with gladness and had no root in themselves and so endured but for a time afterwards when afflictions or persecutions arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Stony ground means it's shallow. They hear just but there's no commitment to the word. So when a need shows up, there isn't anything there to resist the pushback. Therefore, any little thing that happens in the church, basically, because it, 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 it baffles me that all hell goes on outside of the church and you're not moved but you come in church and any little thing that offends you now you cut off shut off and moved out don't you know that's the trick of the enemy if the world isn't offending you and you have a born-again spirit what's wrong with you that you will be offended by the things of the spirit but not by the things of darkness how can you not be offended by the garbage that's out there in the world that's crossing your path 24-7, but you get offended at, a, at an occasion in church, and now you lose all that was presented to you prior to the offense? Amen. I wrote down the stony ground. That means you, that your heart is shallow. They hear just, but, but they hear, but there's no commitment to the word. So when a knee show up, there isn't anything there to resist the pushback. The pushback is Satan. Because you got your opinion, you got your attitude. Let me tell you, your opinion against God's word means squat. Or in Paul's word is dung. Your attitude against God's word can't change his word. It doesn't change the truth. So you need to get on board. 17, and have no root in themselves, so endure but for a time. Afterwards, when afflictions or persecutions arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. No root. You can't, put, you can't have any root in your heart that is stony Amen. with unforgiveness and offense. Amen. So nothing can take root in it, okay? So you believe for a while, but soon after you're offended, then you, it's easily de defected from the truth as soon as persecution shows up. What am I saying? Because you are offended and walking in unforgiveness, the moment something happens, 
to bring persecution to you in a whole different other area because you have not allowed that word to root in you. You have no pushback. There's rejection of the gospel when this happened as speedy as you received it the first time <laughs> because of no root. When you don't have any root, you will shout and rejoice, oh, hallelujah, praise the Lord. And the moment life breaks out on you, it's like, oh, please. It, that it, it ain't working for me. It may be working for them. It may be working for her, but it ain't, it ain't working for me. You have to cultivate the ground of your heart. Cultivate the ground of your heart. Examine yourself. Stop examining other people. Amen. You're good at trying to find, talk about what other people aren't doing and how what they should be doing. Examine your own heart. Ask God to fix you. Stop trying to get him to fix other people. And, 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 and you need to say, it's me. It's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Amen. Let me tell you, everyone who was once a member here and was on fire, excitable, gun hole, was quickly offended, left, and there has been no more growth and no positive changes towards victory in Christ. And I'm not telling you what I think. I'm telling you the reports I've gotten, what I know, okay? I'm gonna give you a positive story. There was a young lady that joined our church. Her name is Becca. And she didn't want to, but she had to relocate and it was very, very necessary. She even asked my opinion, should she or shouldn't? I'm like, I can't answer that, but I will pray. And I felt like that relocation was going to be good for her as much as I did not want to see her go because she had just got born again. Just got born again, who came from strong darkness, just like John Ramirez was talking about, working for Satan in his kingdom. That's what she had been experiencing. And I'm like, oh, God, please let her be in the right environment, okay? She goes and she, she uh, relocate into another state, not another city, which would make it easier for the tra you know, uh, tra uh, transport back and forth. She, when she goes, she stays in contact with me, and I don't have any problems. I try to reply at any time because you know what she's doing? She is texting and ask, can I call you? And she's texting and calling to get information, to see am I right, am I wrong? What should I do about this? Oh my God, I can, I, you know, it would take me forever to tell you all of the, some of the details, but the thing of it is, is she's been fighting darkness, but she's been overcoming because she's been leaning on the word. And when I tell her, pray the, this word, pray that word, she does it. And it works. When I say God says such and such, she receives it. And so that's why she has gotten 
delivered, not completely because none of us are, and we won't be to Jesus' return, but she's been delivered from the power of hell now to serve God, to recognize now when she goes to a church, she's able to recognize because she'll call me and say, such and such happened. What should I do? What do you think? She's able to recognize some stuff, not to get caught up into the wrong things. And that I appreciate being at her beck and call because she hearkens to what she hears. She obeys. And as a result of that, that move has paid off for her. Amen. Deliverance has happened. She's got a better, secure job. Her son, even though he had been a problem, is listening to her. I says, I don't care how he responds. This is what you say and do, and God would do the rest. And she's doing it, and this son is responding, and they both are getting free. Do you hear what I'm saying? Hallelujah, Jesus. That's the kind of sower that when it was sown, she received. And she prayed and she kept reading and accepting and growing in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, verse 18. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things enter in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. There, these two are hearing it and receiving it, but it is not taking root enough to help them. So these, the thorns, those are worldly concerns and distractions that choke out the word, okay? The word was planted but they allow their circumstances, situations, to choke out what has been deposited. They allow legitimate matters like cares of this world, illegitimate matters like deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things to take priority over the gospel truth. Now, we really need to listen to this because this is the majority of believers who are churched but not grounded in the word of God. Amen. This, this hits home because what you got to come to realize, your attendance in the building isn't going to save you alone. However, if you do not attend, your growth will be stumped. Amen. See, we don't come here to make a good showing or to perform. We come here to get equipped, to be edified, to be prepared to face life so that we don't buckle under the spirit of darkness. Don't you realize when you have given your life to say, to, to Christ. Satan wants to pull you back into his kingdom and he will do everything he can to take you back, take you back, take you back. Paul says, forget those things in the past. Press towards the mark of excellence. You got to go forward. You don't go backwards. You go forward. And the enemy will keep you in the past always because he does not want God to be glorified by your life. 
And as long as you're pressing forward to the mark of excellence, then Christ is glorified by your living. But as long as you stay in the past, dwelling on the hurts, the pains, the rejections, abandonment, or whatever that has happened to you in the past, constantly talking about that, or talking about even some of the good hellish times in the past, you can't move forward to the mark of excellence. And Satan knows by your conversation and by your action. He don't know what you're thinking, but he knows by your conversation and he knows by your actions where your heart is. Yes, hallelujah, hallelujah. And he's going to take you on the course that will lead you to destruction and to hell as long as you keep your focus in history. And I'm not talking about world histories. That's something we need to know. No, I'm, just <laughs> I'm talking about your past resume. Amen. We got one more sore. Glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. Verse 20. And these are they which are sown on good ground. How did your heart become good ground? Because you were able to release, give it to God. Be honest with yourself. You see, when you're honest with yourself, you're honest with God. When you're lying to yourself, you're lying to God. So they were able to release, let go, let God cleanse you, let God reveal some things to you. See, let me tell you, we can confess one sin, and he has forgiven us of that sin. But what we don't know, oftentimes, that there were other attachments to that one sin that you haven't been free from. And so you're still struggling. And this is why it's so necessary to stay in his face so that he can free you from all of the attachments of one particular sin that's going to manifest in other areas. Amen. So it says that. Um, and these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, receive it and bring forth fruit. Excuse me, some 34, some 60 and some a hundredfold. Now this good ground, take to heart, take to heart which what they hear from the word, they take it to heart, okay? And therefore they're able to bear the fruit of faith, the fruit of obedience, the fruit of fidelity in them. And with them, the fruit is there's a transformation that goes forth in them in spite of the seductions of riches and difficulties of life. Now, when it says some 30, some 60, 100 fold, that is faith, obedience, and fidelity. That means with the seed of faith, you received. Okay, you took that and put some action to it and then you obeyed that little bit that you received. It matures and caused that seed to grow greater. Okay, that means your faith is being elevated. Amen. And then you made it a lifestyle. 
And that's when it became a hundredfold because your faith increased. See, when we trust God, lean on God, he shows himself strong in our lives. And that causes your faith to elevate because you saw what he did. And so when something, because the next challenge is going to be greater. And so when it comes up, you know, it's not impossible for your Lord. So you stand on it anyhow and watch him work that. And that's when you, you are doing what the Bible said, go from faith to faith, from glory to glory. And see, in this kind of sore, this is where God's word is wanted. They want to hear it. They want to grow. They want to change. When we get out of the notion, all you want from God is for him to be a sugar daddy, a God daddy. Just make life easy for you, give you all that you want, and that's it. But, you, but what do you want to give to him? What we want from God is to fix my heart, change my heart, deliver me, and give me the desires to want you and serve you more than anything else in this world, more than anyone else in this world. When you seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all the other stuff will be added unto you. You don't have to seek him for automobiles. You don't have to seek him for clothes, for homes, for a person. All you need to do is seek him and his righteousness the blessing will appear to you because his grace will show up and give you the favor that you need to do whatever you need I know that for a fact because he showed himself real strong in my life this week when they were saying no 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 and I said, God, I need favor with this, with that, with that. I named them all off. And I got it. Yes, 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 yes. And then I got to tell them off. <laughs> Being greedy about money. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your limited understanding. Acknowledge him in all his, all your ways. And he shall, and he shall, not maybe, and he shall direct your path. And you need to just focus on the path. Don't focus on the trip. Just get to one path at a time. We want God to show up, show himself strong, and we don't show up. And we aren't willing to make no sacrifices for him. We want to be on the high, high road. We want to be acknowledged and all of this kind of stuff. You better want to be right and holy because we don't know when he's coming back. And while you up there trying to be what he's already made you, you're going to miss his return. Rest, he said, rest in me. We take that rest thing as a, it's a particular certain day of the week that we must serve God. He said, rest in me. That's not a day. That's an activity that you've learned how to give your troubles to God and, and get in him. Let, let me tell you, he says, if you're going to labor, labor to enter my rest. What do you mean? It's a situation that's going on. I don't know how this is going to happen. God, but you start praying. You start crying out to God. You're laboring. That's laboring. <laughs> and then he show himself strong. Hallelujah, Jesus.
and that's the Sabbath. <laughs> Glory. Labor to enter to his rest. It's like, God, I'm not going to let this overpower me. I'm not going to let this overtake me. Greater are you that is in me. God, you have not given me this spirit of fear, but you've given me one of power, love, and a sound mind. I know through you I can do all things, that you are on my side. But your word says, And you keep on doing it till it works in your heart. That's what it means. It works in your heart. It is not that you got to keep on doing it to make God do it. You keep on doing it because you got to become a believer of what that word said that tells him what to do on your behalf at a time of need. Where God's word is wanted, he makes sure it is never wasted. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. We got to make some sacrifices for him. We got to learn to make some sacrifices for him. Let me tell you. Bernice, right? Okay. I'm going to put you on front street. <laughs> but it's to help my message. <laughs> we got to learn to be inconvenient sometimes for Jesus. Step out for Jesus. Would you stand, my friend? This lady here is a faithful protester of abortion. And that too. But let me tell you, the reason I'm doing this is because she majored in the abortion clinics in the inner city, in the Detroit area, among the black community. Why? Because she knows the greater percentages of babies aborted are black. And if we don't stand, what's going to happen? And we haven't been standing. But she has, along with all of her little co-laborers. And I know this only because when I found out about they were having something downtown, what, um, they were having a protest downtown, we went downtown. You can sit, I'm gonna have you stand back in a minute because, oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. When I went, when we went downtown, it was a host of us. First of all, a lady was, was just sitting there, and this was, was, was a, a black elderly lady was sitting on the thing by the city county building, and she says, y'all look like soldiers. Well, that was God letting us know, you're going in my, in my spirit, okay? But when we got among the laborers who are there all the time, which are all, basically, there were a few blacks, but the majority of them were white, when they saw us, you would have thought we were celebrities. Am I lying, ladies? The way they received us, it was like, it, it was a shock to us because they were so happy to see us. Why? Because we are black. And there were some black people showing up for the cause for a change. I was, I was embarrassed and ashamed. Because they should have been down. Oh, here are our friends. You know, but now they're like, oh, thank you for coming. Oh, we're so glad you're coming. I'm like, that's terrible. Okay. 
So while we were there, there was an elderly jet, uh, black gentleman, and I think you were going to tell me something about him earlier, that was there that he was in tears talking to us, and he said, there is an abortion clinic on Six Mile Emporia where they just do black abortions, that if you ladies, being black, will go over there, I think it will help. And, I'm, and I was, I said, okay. So we did go yesterday. When we get there, it's raining. When we get there, Bernice and her co-laborers are already there, walking back and forth, praying, and grabbing the women as they get out of the car to discourage them from going into the clinic. The blessing is we had, I saw before we left, one person who came out, right, her, her protege, I don't know if it's her husband, boyfriend, whatever, because most of those cases are not husbands and wives. He got moved by the gentleman that was with you guys, what he was saying, and he went into the clinic, and he did say when he was going in, we'll be back. <laughs> wow, Emmanuel, a biblical name on top of that. He went in and got his lady and brought her back out. But she was belligerent. So I was shocked that he was successful because he had more of a meek, humble spirit. But he brought her out and they left. So she didn't have that abortion. So I saw that praise report before we actually left. But when we came up, there was, was is that gentleman Japanese or Chinese? Was Asian, young, young gentleman who stayed on his knees most of the time we were there on the wet ground in the rain with no hat on praying the whole time so i noticed there was asian hispanic and 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 whites there and when we showed up here come the blacks no black people there and how long have you guys been doing that? How many years? You see, that kind of commitment unto the Lord reaps benefits that you can't even begin to explain. Far greater than tangible riches and stuff. But a joy and a peace. And let me tell you, God is covering them. Because I was telling we need to pray for them. Because... Dealing with those kind of people, you're going to come against, they're angry, they're bitter, and they don't believe. And you're trying to reason with them about not having the abortion. And then so when they see that it's a white person, then naturally they're going to come out really bold and harsh like, you know, you can't talk to me and tell me. Like, like you want to share your little story you were sharing with me about how the young lady said she's bringing you a mic. Well, this morning I was out there. I got there about 8 o'clock, and I always wear a sign. It's on the front and the back, and it says, more black babies are killed by abortion, 22 million, than white babies. And a little bit before I was ready to go, maybe about 10 minutes before I was ready to go, um, 
a car pulls up and you don't know what the relationships are but I'm thinking it was like a mother and a daughter situation and because she took this young woman to the front door and gave her a hug and let her in and when the lady came back she says where do you get your information from you know and I said well right to life and just Google it. You can find out on Google. <laughs> well, um, and then she, w she was just so angry. Well, you know, white people, are, you know, white babies are killed too. And I said to her, well, what's your point? You know, yeah, white <laughs> babies are killed. You know, all, ba all nationalities are killed. I've seen Hindus come through here. I've seen Arabic people come through here. What is your point? And, and she just kept going back, well, white, whites are killed too. And I said, yeah, but there's only 14% of black people in the United States. And if 22 million of you are killed and only 15 million whites are killed, what does that tell you? <laughs> and I wanted to go into her more about a woman named Margaret Sanger who was a Nazi who started Planned Parenthood, who a lot of people don't know about. But she just kind of went away and it's like, don't argue. Where there's anger and strife, there's confusion in every evil thing. So it's like, don't argue with anybody. If you can't show love, just leave it alone. And that was my attitude. So anyway, when her daughter went in, I just, I get so angry and so upset. I just said, oh Lord, you know, another black baby dead. And I wasn't really talking to her, but I know she heard me. And, and she said, your family too. And it's like, she doesn't know, you know. She doesn't know my story. She doesn't know mm. that I had an abortion. She doesn't know that my son that I have now is half black. She doesn't know I just live a couple blocks away. <laughs> I've been here 40, you know, I've lived in Detroit, you know, 70, 70 years. You anyway, that's all I guess. <laughs> praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Thank you, Bernice. Thank you. Um, thank you. Just like she said, we don't know other people's stories. But we know who we are in Christ. And we know what the mission is. He's commissioned us to go and tell others about him. And we need to do, besides praying, we need to be about doing the work to stop the spirit of darkness from taking over in our communities, with our people, with any people. Amen. 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 And um, you gave me some of these brochures yesterday, which the rain kind of <laughs> messed up. But they're here for anybody that wants, wants one. I'm going to leave them up here. Uh, on my desk, and I'm, and I'm, tr I asking everyone who can possibly do it, male, female, teenager, or whatever. It's not selected for certain gender or uh, age. It's for any born again believer that is available when you can. Now, what we what we're going to do, and I know this is not convenient for everyone all the time, until God gives me a better calendar time but what we're going to do we're going to continue to do this on a Friday after morning glory prayer I think it's a good time after we done prayed and, and recovered okay to to go out and especially because some things 
I get so upset that it, it takes everything for me not to come out of the nature of God. And that is a young, a young lady that was there yesterday and, and they were talking to her and I says, I says, why would you want to kill your baby? Well, I just had a baby two months ago and he died and I can't take it. I says, that death was beyond your control. You had nothing to do with it and you couldn't take it, but you can, you can handle killing a baby now? Where's the logic of the thinking? You've made a decision now to kill this baby. You can handle that, but you couldn't handle a, mis a baby that died after birth. You know, but this, let me say this. What you can handle and control before you start making a decision to have sex. I'm speaking now to the young people. Make a decision before you can control that decision Amen. about having sex prematurely before marriage and putting yourself in a position where you will be subjected to unwanted pregnancies. Abortions is not birth control. Amen. Birth control as a believer first starts with no sex until marriage then for carnal Christians and unbelievers there are things that you use to control you get from getting pregnant when you're gonna have sex so the you know what birth control is wisdom and self-control I know you all don't like how I but I'm sorry but let me just say this we have an outreach ministry called Daughters of Sarah for the intent of preparing young born again saints to be holy women of God. We have all kinds of little programs and things we do, which is to educate our young people. I'm making a plead. Parents and grandparents, would you please get your children on board with this? The pandemic is not a problem where we have to talk to people on Zoom anymore. They need to come out because more is caught than taught. So if they can come out, they can lay hands on them, they can pray, they can be able to see and hear what they're preaching to help change their lives, to help them if they need counseling, they need, need a friend to talk to. That's what these women are here to minister to these young women. You need to get your young children out here women, girl children out here so that they can be ministered to and help because they don't have to go down a road of destruction. They don't have to do what their peers are doing out in the world, smoking weed, doing dope and all of this kind of stuff and having sex out to be popular, popular with another person who's going to die just like you are and end up in hell. When you can live and live eternally and you can have a good life by living for Christ rather than doing what the crowd is doing. Because you don't have any peace. If you had any peace, then when you come around, there would be joy on your face that I don't see. So I know you don't have any peace, but I know how you can have peace. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and be disciple into the knowledge of who he is, all that he has done for you, all that he will do for you. He'll do far more for you than any other Kushite out there talking yang to you. For Christ I'll live, for Christ I'll die.
I have a passion for that. I know you all think she's mad. No, I'm not mad. I, I hate Satan. And I'm angry about what he's doing to our children. And that we're sleeping saints letting anything happen to them. Rise up in the name of Jesus. Take control. Snatch your children from the pit of hell. And denounce that and tell Satan he has no power, no control over your children. You're serving notice over him. He's operating illegally. Take his hands off your children. Snatch them back with a vengeance. And watch God support that and uphold that in the name of Jesus. Let me do the benediction, and then I'll open it up for questions, answers, and comments. And Father, we're so grateful and thankful that you are forgiving God, and you forgive us of all of our sins when we confess them. But give us a, a contrite heart and a sorrowful spirit to really want to confess, release, and let go, so that you can come into our hearts and lead and guide us in the path of righteousness for your name's sake. We love you, Lord, and we believe you, but help our unbelief so that we can serve you with all of our hearts, mind, soul, and body. Let us be patient in our afflictions and the weakness as you do a greater work in us. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for filling us. Thank you for healing us. And thank you for delivering us. In Jesus' name, I pray that you will have traveling mercies when you depart from here. And I pray that the Lord's peace, guidance, continence, covenants will be upon you and overshadow you and your thoughts and ideas so that you can walk victoriously in his spirit and glorify him by your life. In Jesus' name, amen.